Welcome to Autism for Badass Moms, the podcast for moms who are ready to reclaim their power and unleash their inner badass. I am Rashida Cartwright, your host, and like you, I am a mom of children living with autism. Together we will redefine what it means to be a mom raising children with autism, one badass step at a time. Ready to defy expectations? Shatter glass ceilings? Let us equip you with the tools and knowledge you will need to overcome life's challenges. So join us on this empowering journey to becoming a true badass mom, fierce, determined, and courageous. Welcome back, badasses. I'm your host, Rashida, and today we're in for an extraordinary treat. We have a very special guest joining us whose story is not only inspiring, but also a force to be reckoned with in the autism community. Now, before I introduce her, let me just give you a little background. Sheena E. is an award-winning, self-proclaimed entrepreneur and mother of two. She started her career as a hairstylist and celebrity makeup artist in the early 2000s. She spent most of her beauty career working in the film and theater. Her love for makeup inspired her to create her own cosmetic line. However, that dream was short-lived when her youngest child was diagnosed with autism in the summer of 2013. Sheena E. immersed herself in her daughter's treatment and became very hands-on in the process of healing and advocating for not only her own child, but for other special needs families as well. Her experience led her to her childhood passion, which was writing. Her first self-published award-winning novel, Along Came Autism, is a testament to the ups and downs of a new autism diagnosis. She then went on to co-author a children's book with her daughter called Get to Know Monroe in 2017. She now has a collection of nonfiction books with the overall theme of telling the true stories of women. Sheena is building her own literary empire with educating and inspiring others along the way. Sheena also has worked within the community alongside city officials, pushing for inclusion for those living with autism. Sheena, I wanted to say it's an absolute pleasure having you come on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. And so I want to get started by hearing your journey um, when you got the initial diagnosis of autism for your daughter. Okay, so um, our story is very probably common. Uh, Monroe was diagnosed uh, now almost, uh, oh my gosh, she's 12. So about 10 years ago, um, the typical autism story, she was a typically functioning baby, hitting all her benchmarks, and um, she got the infamous, um, let me just say this, I am a very candid speaking woman. I don't want to offend anybody with the things that I say, but again, I speak very candidly and I speak from a place of my experience. So um, I know this is a beautiful autism platform. I am in no way trying to sway anybody to believe what I believe. This is just what happened to me. I've done a lot of research and I stand on everything that I believe. Let me just say that 
first. And I just want to say, so Sheena, Sheena, I thank you right. for that. And this is definitely a space where you're here to share your truth. Okay. Uh, and again, so we're going to have... That was just my disclaimer. No, I, I appreciate that. Because I don't want to anybody for what they believe. But okay, here we go. <laughs> so Monroe was hitting all, her, hitting all her benchmarks perfectly. She had a modeling contract. She was like my prodigy baby. Um, everything was done planned. Um, she didn't get her MMR, the MMR shot when she was supposed to. She got it a little late. And instantly, she went blank. Like, instantly, she wasn't answering her name. She was doing my baby to read every morning. It just instantly stopped. And my grandmother was like, what's going on? I didn't know anything about autism. I honestly was ignorant. I thought it was just like for people who had kids by older men. And I was just like, I don't even know what this is. Um, you can, a lot of this is in my book, but, um, my mother was working for, had prior worked for like a very prominent pediatrician at one time in her career. So my mom reached out to them because when I reached out to the hospitals, they were like, oh, it's going to take a year or we can see her in nine months or whatever. And my mom was able to pull some strings. We got in there. Oh, this is just a fast version of a long story. And we ended up getting her into the, um, developmental PE. Um, and within a few months, we were able to get um, a full autism diagnosis. Of course, after getting like her hearing tested, I even went to like a crazy holistic specialist mm -hmm. who was told me to like detox her from gluten and dairy, which I did. And then he was giving her, he had sent me like B12 shots for her. I was just trying anything because again, like I said, she was, she just got a fever, went completely blank, wasn't answering to her name, wasn't doing Anything that she was doing prior, she was just like a totally different baby. And um, again, she was nonverbal. So that happened from um, the period of maybe um, she was 15 months to um, her birthday is in July. So she ended up getting her diagnosis July 25th okay. of her second year. And after that, it was for me, I remember sitting in the office and I told the lady, I was like, well, you won't remember Monroe Edwards. I was like, she's not going to be diagnosis number 2000 or whatever. And I remember them handing me like this big purple binder. Mm -hmm. And I remember being on the elevator with my mom and I looked at my mom and I just was like quiet. I remember like being... And I'm never quiet. So I always just remember being super quiet and getting back to my grandmother's house to pick Monroe up. And I just looked at her like, what what like what am I gonna do? Like I just I really didn't know what to do because again, I didn't know anybody who had been in that situation. Mm -hmm. And then this was 10 years ago, so the prevalence was a little less than it is now. And then of course she was a girl, and then it was just like older people was like, You don't let no doctors tell you what's going on with your child, and then you got like that noise, and mm -hmm. then you got like the, oh my God, is something wrong with my, obviously something is quote unquote wrong with my baby. And then it wasn't everywhere. So kind of like I'm on a university of Google trying to figure out like, okay, what do I do mm -hmm. now? Because this baby is not talking. She's not paying attention to anything. I'm still, at the time, I'm a, um, I do theatrical hair and makeup primarily as my career so I'm like I can't go to work I don't know what to do I had no other skill set as far as like making money so I'm like well what do I do 
I think I found um, this place called Fairplay first. Um, I think they told me about um, early intervention. Like if they were like, somebody can come to your house. So I got, I jumped right on that. And then I think I had people coming to my house like the very next day. And we did like the 12 hours of therapy a day. Mm -hmm. I did Theraplex. I did, um, eventually we moved to like Berks County because we're from Pennsylvania. So eventually we moved to Berks County and I, like, I had to figure out how I was going to put her in therapy 12 and 14 hours a day. Like, how is that going to be possible? So I lied on like an application and said I could do audit because I was like, how else? Can I do it? I, I got to be home all day. And I knew that that was a job that you could do overnight. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm just going to I know how to do audit, whatever that is. So I started working in the hotel overnight so I could be home in the daytime for Monroe. And um, we went to Theraplay all day, which was like a, Theraplay is like this place where they combine playing and therapy. Okay. So she was there, a speech and OT co-treat. And then um, she had the early intervention coming into the house. And then we had outpatient music therapy. And then we had um, the holistic man who was like charging astronomical. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was working overnight. And then I found this other speech therapist in like Bethlehem. And I would like take her there. And then um, that was probably like 12 to 14 hours a day. And um, I was a mess. Like this went on for maybe two years, two or three years. And I was, I was literally a mess. Can and I remember. Can you talk about when you say you were a mess? Can you talk a little bit more about that? I looked a mess. I, I feel like the part of autism that shakes the parent is that you, when you do it the way that I did it, it was like Monday, we got a diagnosis. Tuesday, you engulfed in this world. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whatever I was before that, it didn't even matter. Like, whoever I was, whatever my social life was, whatever my hobbies were, whatever I did to make myself happy, whatever my platonic and other relationships were, it just like everything went out the window. And I think about a year and a half or so, maybe two years in, one of my girlfriends was like, Sheena, like Monroe deserves the real Sheena to fight for her. And this person that you are is not, the real you like because maybe because I work in the beauty industry and like my friends was just seeing like a different person like I was wearing like the same uh mm -hmm. same same tights every day and I remember one day I looked in the mirror and I was like girl you look a mess like I think I was walking into the therapy and I'm like I quote myself in the mirror like you look a mess and like something clicked and it might sound like very like vain but I was like you look a mess. And in that moment, I felt like if I look a mess, I'm probably not doing her the best service. Mm -hmm. Because I, it clicked in my mind that like I'm probably not being the best mother to my daughter. Like, of course, she's getting the top of the top of the top here. Of course, she's making progress because she was slowly making progress. She was slowly doing all of these things that people thought she was never going to do. But I was not making progress. So I you... was slowly becoming like this robotic person, like just dragging myself into these appointments right. and just so being you... this time in the lobby, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like you immersed yourself in 
obviously putting your daughter's needs first, making sure she had everything so that she can grow and develop. And then for you, you took a, you know, back seat to your daughter, right. which most, you know, moms do, right? Like we, right. we put our children first. Um, I know that there was a mention of you, you had, was getting ready to start a cosmetic line. Right. I actually did. I started um, a cosmetic line and it, and it, it was doing really well. Mm -hmm. But again, everything had to stop. Like I had did a photo shoot. I was like, this was before like social media was even like, this was the beginning of Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, everything had to stop. I had did like a big photo shoot. I had like a makeup studio with this girl at the time. And we was like, everything was big. Like, I, like again, Monroe had a modeling contract. So it was like, she wasn't supposed to stop anything. It was just supposed to be like a mommy and me thing. Mm -hmm. like my little mini me. So it was just like a whirlwind of like stops for me. And I think in that moment when I realized like, girl, you look crazy. I think I, I made it in that, the same way I like immediately jumped into her. I immediately jumped back into me and I went and like, I made this appointment with this hairdresser I really wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And I started to like heal myself, like from the outside. And that's when everything changed. I feel like I got my hair done. I went and got my nails. I made a pact to myself. Like I was always going to have my nails done because I'm like, I got to look at my hands and then I still was working like overnight. And then, and then, I got bit by a spider. It's like the weirdest thing. Oh, no. So I was at work one night and I got bit by the spider. And I ended up in the hospital. I'm thinking I'm just going to go and they're going to like patch it up. But the doctor was like, oh, you can't leave. You, you got to do surgery like right now. And I'm laying in the hospital, hole like through my arm. Like I still got a little scar. A hole through my arm. Almost had to get my arm amputated from this spider bite. And I'm laying in the hospital and I'm like, God, because now Monroe ain't at, at therapy because now the mother is in the hospital. Right. So I'm like, God, what is going on? I'm doing everything right. I'm like, you gave my daughter this thing. You took away everything that I wanted in my life and I'm doing everything right. I'm not partying. I'm not being a socialite no more. I'm not doing none of this stuff that I used to do anymore. And I'm just like engulfed in motherhood and doing this autism thing. And I'm doing everything right. Like, what do you want from me? And I woke up and my hands was like swollen. And when I got out of the hospital, I wrote Along Came Autism. And I felt like God was telling me like to write because I always was a writer. I've mm -hmm. been writing poetry all my life. I've been doing, like writing was always my thing. I originally went to, went to school to be a writer. And I wrote my first novel and it was like the therapeutic push that I needed to like turn back into the force that I was before autism. And it was like, I kept on saying like, why is this happening to me? And then I switched it to like, why not happen to me? Mm -hmm. Because I would be the woman to show other women that you can be powerful and strong and like beautiful too, and still have ugly things happen to you and still tell that story. Because they want us to be like these sappy, boring, dowdy looking women dragging these children through this ugly time. Mm -hmm. But if you put all of that energy into like the negative part of autism and the negative part of like my child doesn't speak or my child can't do these things and these, all of these can'ts and can'ts and they won't ever and you won't ever. 
you turn into like this big ball of like negativity. But as women, we have to see ourselves and no shade to the dads because there are some amazing autism fathers, but unfortunately it mostly falls on us as the mothers. You have to take that moment whenever you get it. It could be the week one, it could be year five, it could be whenever it clicks in, in you and you realize that that child needs to see a beautiful, strong, powerful woman fighting for them. When that clicked in me, Monroe trajectory went through the roof. And it might not be a book, but whatever it is, like you might have always wanted to bake cookies. You might, you don't have to put your life dream to the back because your child has this diagnosis because they do deserve us to be exactly who we were meant to be in this world to fight for them at the same time because you can do both. And that's challenging for um autism moms. I know it was challenging for me. Um, I thought when I took care of myself or uh, or if I didn't come home right after work because I wanted to go sit in some parking lot and eat a meal by myself in silence, I thought I was selfish. And it sounds like when you started doing for you, her trajectory just kind of went through the roof because you started feeling much better about yourself. And then you created a book, which is amazing. Like, did you, when you were in the hospital, did you just say like, okay, I'm writing a book. Like, how did that just. I felt like, um, it was just like this voice, like mm -hmm. tell your story. Because I felt like people assumed a lot, like people can assume a lot. And especially like in our community, um, in the minority community, they don't know what we go through or what I was going through, like even like my mom and my sister and my son, like everybody is right here with me, but they didn't understand what I was going through in real time. Like like how you said, like how you felt selfish mm -hmm. and how being selfish is like seen as like a bad thing. But sometimes you have to be selfish because you're giving so much to your child every single day. Like Sometimes I do need somebody to be like, can I watch Monroe for a minute? Can you give me a minute? Can I get a moment? Can I go get my nails done? Can somebody watch her for a second? Because you was, especially when they like nonverbal and it's in the beginning and mm -hmm. you don't know, like if you ever want to get a minute to yourself again, like five minutes to yourself was like a, a glory. Right, like, right. Like, can I scream? Like, I want to go outside. <laughs> even now, like, don't get me wrong, even now. She's 12 and I still sometimes like I get in my car and I just like, ah, like <laughs> this is like our life. And I feel like the guilt, like, I, I don't know if it's like, cause I wanted, this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Cause like when I listen to some of the episodes, I'm like, I went through a period as Monroe got older where, cause I used to be heavily involved in like advocating and in the community okay. and I feel like as she started making progress I started to like fall back a little bit because I feel like when your child starts making the like seen progress other parents whose children aren't making those same progresses I kind of like don't want to talk about her progress because mm. I don't want people to feel like I'm like bragging about her progress because it's like she was nonverbal now she's talking so it's like oh your child talks so you should you don't really got nothing to worry about but I'm like no it's still stuff that I worry about mm -hmm. like talk but like self-care is like what like she is five six and a hundred and something pounds 
I still got to wipe her behind me. Come on, y'all. Like, and I think in society, crazy. people think, oh, if they're verbal, they're fine. Everything is good. But they don't even realize, like my one son who um, is verbal, but the frustration tolerance is just zero to 100 real, I mean, off the charts. So Right. And, 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 and puberty. And puberty. And like, I don't want to zombieize her. So it's like the meds conversation. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just like... No, it's never ending. And then it's, it's never, it's like, and when you talk to other people, like that's where I'm at with it because I still don't have a, I used to have like such a community when she was small. And I'm like, when they little, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. but as they get bigger, it's like they make certain progress and then you don't have like that hug no more because people feel like you're not, you're not, you're not such an autism mom no more. Girl, your daughter talk. Girl, your daughter could do this. And I'm like, yeah, but there's so much stuff she don't do. So, like, where's my tribe now? Like, <laughs> I don't have that no more because it's stuff she don't do. And then, it, but it's, it's a never-ending educational lesson because I've never been here before. So every moment is, like, another lesson. It's another right. lesson. But I feel like as we have these harder conversations, because I feel like as they get older, the conversations just get harder and we all have such a different we're all dealing with it in such a different way Mm -hmm. it's such a unique world to be in and then especially being a minority parent of a child you know we 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 got it coming from every Mm -hmm. angle and then how you choose to educate them and then how you choose to allow them to exist in this world right it's so hard but my biggest thing i think as she gets older and as i grow as a woman representing what autism parenting looks like on a bigger scale. I'm always trying to encourage women that like you have to like, you have to be a little selfish. I know it sounds bad, but you do have to like, even you having your podcast and having something for you, you have to be a little selfish or you, you would drown. And you're absolutely right. Because then you become resentful. You, you start right. resenting, well, I can't do nothing, and this is my life. And, and I loved how you said earlier about, like, the thoughts, right? If you stay in those negative thoughts of, like, well, my child will never probably do this because the doctor said that, or um, I'm never going to get time back to myself, or I'm never going to have a, a career because how am I going to do that with my child needing so much? And being able to switch that language, and especially for you, it catapulted you forward and empowered you and it empowered you to create along came autism which I am sure has helped so many families um, especially with you know talking about the first 200 weeks which is when getting the diagnosis very pivotal yeah yes yes and so in that it sounds like that it brought you back to your 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 true love which was writing yeah it it was very therapeutic I needed it I really did. It was like an exhale moment. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it's off my shoulders. Now I can power through and, and get back to life because I feel like people, until you really like experience it, nobody gets what this autism thing does to you. It rocks your world. It really does. And I think it continues to rock it every, every <laughs> year. Like, oh my God, we still in this? Like, So how do you balance all this? You know, because you're a professional, you have a career. I mean, you're a brand. How do you do all that? My mom. (laughs) My daughter loves my mom. Thank you, Jesus, for my mother. Um, My mom is like my right-hand man. She holds me down to the ground, to be honest. Um, My mom, 
Monroe also, like, Monroe is such a powerful advocate for herself. Like, her and my mom is like, Very close. I'm going to go with my grandma. So if it wasn't for my mom and Monroe just, like, knowing what she wants, I probably wouldn't even be able to, like, go to work. Because it's like, she want to be with her grandma, her grandma want to be with her, and mm-hmm. they got their little bond, and she's able to, like, help me still be who I am, which I appreciate. And then, like, my son, they like, 10 years apart, so she has, like, their little bantering with her brother, which okay. is a blessing. And then, again, like, I have a very tight-knit family, so that's the blessing in it. And I think, like... Because Monroe is, like, older and she, like, stays to herself. So you kind of could, like, you could put Monroe in a place. Like, do you want to go here? Do you want to go there? Do you want to do this? And she's good. So I think that's the good thing about her growing, being of age now. And, like, she's not to be babysat so much okay. as this, when she was younger. But she could kind of, like, you know, she kind of could, like, go with me a little bit, too. So it's, like, if I want to go on, on a little trip or we do all like family stuff besides like her dietary restrictions and little small things. We kind of could like vibe a little bit now. Like I'll be like, do you want to go? Even though she usually be like, no, it's, it's a little easier. But I think um, my family support is, is definitely, definitely the reason why I can still move around. That keeps you going. And I'm sure they helped honest. you to stay emotionally strong during the process. Cause there's so many emotions that come up for us, right? We start feeling guilty. We, we, you know, feel isolated, right? Like, I don't know anybody, another autism mom out there, you know, when we get the initial diagnosis, I don't know what to do next, the anxiety. And so do you feel like yes. your, your family was your rock and helped you with that? Well, for me, um, again, I, I go back to writing, um, journaling, um, having um, the skill set to write from a young child, I think has helped me a lot just being able to express my emotions in that way i'm having friends that are not judgmental so if i'm able to call somebody and be like you know today is not a good day writing is very therapeutic for you Um, i know for some people they also journal um, as a means of getting out their feelings and so aside from along came autism i know that there was another book oh yeah me and monroe wrote um get to know monroe um, she was five, and I felt like um, that that little weirdness between non-autistic children. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just becoming verbal, and it was her birthday. And they, you know how you like what you want for your birthday, and she was like friends. Oh. So I thought that it would be fitting to write a story that was basically just goes through a. It was a typical day in her life to try to like teach non-autistic children how to interact with a child on the spectrum. So that's what Get to Know Monroe is. It's like a really beautiful poem that goes through her day. That's beautiful. And it's, so, it's such a beautiful book. It's so cute. I'd be like, it need to be in Target, but I... <laughs> we we got to get you in Target. Yeah, it better be in Target soon. But um, yeah, it's so cute. It's like a really cute story. Of her a day in her life. How did you and feel? Was, like, mom, I want I want to write a new one when I'm 13. I'm oh like, boy, the 13s. <laughs> how do you how did you feel when she did say she wanted friends? Oh my god, it broke my heart. Yeah. She like I think for maybe three or four years, she would be like, I want friends. I want friends. I want friends. And then when she finally stopped, I was like, Thank you, Jesus. You got a friend. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> she got like a couple old friends at her okay. school. Thank you, God, now. But um, she, again, like I said, she can self-advocate now. So Monroe will be like, hi, I'm Monroe, and I'm autistic. And if you don't know what that is, you know, sometimes I have, like, my brain tells me to do things. Like, she'll explain Amazing. Like, she will explain herself to people real good. And then, like, you, she'd be like, what's your favorite cartoon? Because you're about to be my friend. <laughs> we're about to talk about some things. Let me see if we got something in common. <laughs> she don't play. That's amazing. I mean, and again, um, it's it's. Make you her friend. It sounds like she she gets it from a mom, you know, assertive. Yeah, she don't play. She actually is so funny because all my friends be like, she acts just like you. I'd be like, oh. So in the juggling of your profession, juggling your daughter's needs, juggling your personal life. Oh my god, my personal life. <laughs> What does that look like? I mean, for for a mom out there that's just kind of struggling with like, oh my gosh, I can't even find time to do th- things for myself because I got 40 hours of ABA to, you know, sit through or, you know, I have a, a day job. Like, w- w- how do you manage all that? I would say, um, to be honest, I treat everything like a job. Um, even when it came down to like writing my book, like I would schedule it out like I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna write for an hour um if it's therapy say it's two to six okay I'm gonna do this therapy thing from two to six and then from seven eight I'm gonna get my nails done and then from eight to ten I'm gonna get this cocktail like you have to prioritize everything in your life and prioritize it like if your day is Wednesday and say because I know everybody doesn't have it's unrealistic to think that everybody has the same 24 hours I know people like to say that because we don't all have it but if Wednesday is your day and you got an older sister or a cousin or somebody that mm-hmm. you can trust with your child, and you could be like, listen, girl, every other Wednesday, I'm not going to overwhelm you, but can I get three hours? Go to that little spot that got the happy hour. Okay. Dress yourself up on that one Wednesday a month or that two Wednesday a month. Like, give it to yourself. Get your hair done on that Wednesday. If you're single, that be the Wednesday, once a month or twice a month that you get yourself real, real cute. And that's where, you know, the, the fine boys be. That Wednesday, you mm-hmm. go over to your, do your lashes, do your hair, go, go go to happy hour, even if you only do it once a month, because you owe it to yourself. And like I said, I made a pact to myself that I was always going to have my nails done, because when I look down, it's just like, okay, girl, you should know, you're done. Mm-hmm. It'd be the little thing, like a little a little small thing. I, I used to tell people, like, write a list of five things that is non-negotiable for your happiness, for your personal happiness. And it's the top of the year, so it's the perfect time to do it. It could be little things. It don't even have to be something that costs money. Like me personally, I wake up at six in the morning. I wake my row up at about six forty. But I like to meditate. I like to start my day for me. So for you, it could be like I want to have a cup of Thai tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like to get my like my thing is I like to get my nails done. I will not negotiate my hair being done. I will not negotiate my cocktail. Five things. They don't even have to cost money. I want to make sure I can write down, I can write an hour a day. I want to make sure that once a month I can take my I can take myself to a fancy dinner. I want to make sure once a month I can buy myself something for me, where there's a nail polish, a lip gloss, a new shirt, whatever. Write down five things that's going to make you happy on a monthly basis. And that's your non-negotiables. Make sure you do those. And if you notice that every month you're doing those five things, Slowly but surely, you'll get back to yourself. You'll get back to your happy, whatever those things are. And they don't have to be expensive or even monetary. Like I said, it could be just like waking up a half an hour early for you. 
that little extra half an hour before that child wake up, before you got to jump into mommy mode means everything. It could be just like some self-care. Like, I want to wake up. I want to do this face mask. I want to I wanna do some little self-care things for myself. I want to write. I want to do the skincare routine. I want to I wanna dig in my nose for a couple hours. For this shot <laughs> I got to dig it in. I want to make me my breakfast, have my breakfast to myself before this child wake up and I got to do the school bus thing and pack into the lunch. Like just five simple things that you want to do every single month for you and it'll go a long way. I think it's amazing. Get a book. Figure out a book that you want to read, preferably one of mine. Yes, because you have and a few read books. read pages of that book in the morning before that kid wake up. Trust me, you will thank yourself later. And not like like not just go on Instagram and just be scrolling mindlessly. Do something that is going to enrich your life, something that's going to like put back into feed back into you and you'll you'll thank yourself. And I I love the tidbits that you you shared because I think sometimes we think we have to do like this like huge spa day or you know try to find these like long periods of time where we're doing something for ourselves but schedule one scheduling it in like you were saying right like making a schedule putting yourself as a priority because we schedule work right we schedule all doctor's appointments but why can't we schedule ourselves and then five non-negotiables for the month, right? And you said, whether it's your nails, whether it's right. waking up little a half things, an hour early. Small, yeah. yeah. Small little things. Yeah. It goes a long way, trust me, because I am I work in theater, so sometimes I may work 14, 16 hours a day. Sometimes I simply don't have time for me. Like, it could, I'll look up and I've been at a show for a month. And it's like, I've really been in my car. Like, and sometimes it's in your car. Trust me, for me, sometimes my little me time, I get off of work, I turn that music off, I be talking to myself, like, you girl, like, you got to have your moment <laughs> to yourself, and my commute is a little long, so sometimes my self-care is in the car, okay. sometimes it's just listening to one of my favorite podcasts, like, sometimes it's in the car, sometimes it's just for you in, like, five minutes, like, five minutes seems like a little bit of time, but sometimes I'm getting dressed, and I'll set a timer on my phone, and I'll be like, set the timer for 10 minutes. And I'll just lay in the bed and like just listen to my meditation music and just calm it down. Monroe will get on the school bus and I'll have to be to work too. But I'll be like, no, I got 10 minutes. I'll be like, Siri, set the timer for 10 minutes. Set that timer. So take that 10 minutes and it, go, it, it really helps. It really helps. So let me ask you a question. What would you tell um, a new mom just getting the, the initial diagnosis or maybe even a mom who's really struggling today because let's say a new behavior just presented itself because you know behaviors are cyclical they just come out what would you and and they want a career they want something for themselves what would you tell them i would say um be patient i would say the priority is obviously your child um don't force yourself to feel like you're not doing enough don't force yourself to feel like your goal is not obtainable because you can't do it right now. Um, things take time. I think um, there are going to be challenges and bumps in the road, but I think if it's something that you want to do, pursue it, make your child a priority, but still pursue everything you want to do on the back end. And even if it takes you a little bit longer, it could be a two-year program. If it takes you four, so what? I didn't... I got two college degrees in the middle of autism. Mm. I still did it. It might take you five more minutes, but oh well. So as long as the outcome is your gratitude and your accomplishment, 
Who cares? I love that because a lot of times we set timelines for ourselves and maybe we yeah, need to make it more realistic. As long as you do it, that's all that matters. And like our children are uniquely made. Trust me, I say it all the time. If I could take this hand to get rid of autism, I would be the girl with no hand. Mm -hmm. But that's just not how life works. And I used to hate that it happened to me. And I've switched it to why not it being me. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Like God felt like he wanted me to be on this side of the fence. And I don't want to dwell on it. And I still cry about it. And I never want people to think that I'm like, oh, she make it look so easy. No, it ain't easy, but my chain is cute. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, we make it, we make it work. And that's real. But at the same time, having those little things for yourself makes the fight worth fighting. Because if you just battling all the time, you'll get bitter, mm -hmm. angry, and you'll start to resent your child in ways that we don't even want to start. You don't want to start. Because yeah. I would be remiss if I make it seem like it's just peaches and cream because I hate autism and I hate what it does to my child and I hate when my daughter is like telling me she hate herself and she's going through her motions. Right. I, I would take it away in a minute. So that's why I gotta have like my hair done and my nails done mm -hmm. and be lit a little bit. I gotta have those moments. I gotta have those moments. And and it's People important. And it's important. You gotta have that. Because it you is gotta, hard. You gotta you gotta have those pretty girl moments. I because love that. it makes it it makes it like, all right, girl, at least you look cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you heard it first. You gotta look cute. <laughs> and and again, again, how you present yourself, how you look. It, it brightens your day, right? Like if you walk into a room and you feel good, you know, you're going to make other people feel good. So maybe start there. Right. I'm I, Like I said, I worked in the beauty industry all my life, so I had to heal myself from the outside in. It was just like, okay, you look cute. Okay, we already can do this. Yes, come on. And then they'll be playing with you. When you go in them meetings and you go into them places and you look together, they don't be playing with you. And they don't be playing <laughs> with your kids either. They be like, oh, she ain't playing. No, I'm not. <laughs> And so before we wrap, be playing with you. <laughs> you go into those IP meetings like, mm, like yeah, they be like, oh, my role mom ain't playing. No, I this, am not. This is a business no, meeting. <laughs> so what is next for Sheena? What do you want? What's your aspirations? Oh, God. Um, I'm getting married soon. Thank what? you, Jesus. Con congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, I got engaged in, in 23. Okay. So we're, we're getting married. Um, so that's the thing. Um, books, more books. Um, I've been writing some screenplays, so God willing, um, you guys will be seeing another side of my writing mm -hmm. visually. Okay. Um, I want to do, I want to get back in more into, um, some advocacy, but obviously for girls, older girls, um, I want to see how I can push Monroe a little more forward with some of her gifts and some of her talents, some of the things that she's good at, that she, within her comfort level. Um, you know, and then anything I can do, anything anything that God sees fit. I'm always, like, just trying to reinvent myself and, like, move in the direction of my passions and move in the direction that I'm needed, like, wherever I'm needed, in the, in the field, wherever I'm needed. In the field. And I feel like whatever you set your mind to, you accomplish. And I love that you... Also, part of your mission is to empower women um, to become the best that they can be. 
And so I just um, really, truly, truly, truly want to thank you for, for being on the show, uh, for sharing your truth, your the raw truth. Uh, yes, I love that. I love this. I love any, I'm a girl's girl. I love anything that's showing women that you don't have to be one way. Mm -hmm. You can be, um, they call it like a multi-hyphenate these days, but you could be like pretty and sexual and sensual and like have a child with special needs and also a chef or a hairdresser or you can be all of those things and you can do all of those things really well and it doesn't have a dowdy depressed look you don't have to look like that but you can though like if you in the beginning of the trenches you can though mm -hmm. allow yourself to do that but when you get that inkling that get yourself together get yourself together because on the other side of that it's so beautiful. So beautiful. And Sheena, where can we find you? Where where can we find your books? How can we, because we need to find you. All of my books are on Amazon. I always tell people to get them on Amazon because I love a residual. Um, <laughs> I have a website, imsheenae.com, where you can see all of my other books because I have another genre that I write in um, that is very adult. Um, it is very beautiful, too. Um, I am Sheena e .com. My Instagram is I am Sheena underscore E. It's not, I'm not a content creator girl, but I'm there. I'm always there to vent. If you all just a mom, you can always slide in my DM. I'm there to talk at all times. I'm not a gatekeeper of anything, any knowledge, anything you need. Um, I don't really, I had a bigger page and a bigger platform before, but Instagram took it down because of some of my content. So you don't see a lot of Monroe on there. It used to be so much in Monroe stuff. I'm so mad. I lost a lot of her content, but you can talk to me on there. I'm always there. Um, again, my website is IamSheenaE.com, and I got some new books coming out in the new year, so I'm there. You'll see anything, all things Sheena E, and a little bit of Monroe, because she's getting older, so I don't really post her that much. But Well, I think this is great. This is great, and you know, thank you for making yourself available to moms out there, and definitely in the show notes, your contact information will be there. So, Sheena, I just want to thank you again for coming on the show today. Um, I know I got a lot out of today's episode, and I know that our listeners got probably so much more. And so, I want yes, to anytime we we going to, we get chat anytime. And I hope everybody has a blessed, abundant New Year. Yes, 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 and you as well. And um, I want to remind our listeners that you can catch us on all major platforms. So be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. And um, listen, your support helps build our community. We become stronger. We become more united, and we are here to make a movement, a global movement. Okay, so. Yes. Until next week, you know what I would say. Remember to stay fierce, stay determined, and stay courageous. Know that you are loved and know that you matter. We'll catch you on the next episode. Love you, Sheena. Bye. Bye. Guess what, ladies? The excitement doesn't end here. We're always on the lookout for badass moms. So... If you or someone you know has a remarkable story to share, we want to hear from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, simply visit our website at www.autismforbadassmoms.com and fill out that guest application form. We review each submission carefully and select guests who align with our show's objectives. Remember, this is your chance to share your badass journey, so don't miss out on this incredible opportunity.